Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Let me start this off by making a declaration in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whoever or whatever God blesses, no man can curse. And I want you to take that uh, and put it in your soul and in your heart. That if God has laid his blessing upon you, no man, no person, no prophet, no angry prophet, Nobody that's upset with you can pull the blessing off of your life. I am blessed and I'm highly favored and my soul knows it well. And so I want to share with you uh, this message. Uh, This message is designed to encourage you, uh, to build you up, to expand your understanding in Christ. And so as I teach, I need to give you some foundation. So stick with me throughout the day. I'm coming back with the right cross at 11 o'clock. Today is the left hook on the blessing. I got a hook off on the devil. I got the hook off on the devil. He's had way too many uh, rounds with you not firing back at him. Today we're going to hook off on the devil. The covenant which simply means the agreement is central to God's relationship with humanity. Covenant is central to God's relationship with us. And God uses his covenant relationships with people to accomplish his divine purpose, his divine purposes uh, throughout history. He's always used his covenant people or his covenant relationships with people to accomplish his divine purposes throughout history. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 again, reloaded. Verse 14. We started at verse 20, but I want to go back to verse 14. For this reason. For this reason, I know something, I feel something uh, in my soul. For this reason, I kneel. Before the Father. For this reason I pray. Because I sense something is coming my way. One of the problems with the church is that when you start talking about the blessing. We want the blessing but we don't fuel the blessing. Or our anticipation with a strong prayer life. I want to encourage you. that The blessing is attracted to prayer. Hallelujah. Uh, There's a homing device on your prayers that pulls the blessing toward you. Your prayer is like the magnet that pulls the blessing toward your home and your business and your relationships. And so prayer is so essential today. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, verse 14. Verse 15, from whom the whole family in heaven And on earth derives its name. Please write down the word parroting. Verse 14 is about prayer. Verse 15 is about parroting. Who is your father? Well, usually parents give their name or allow their last name to hit the kids. And God's saying, Paul is saying here in verse 15 that the whole universe. The whole family in heaven, all of the angels, all of those who are now elevated to the cloud, as well as the family that you have here on the earth, has your name was derived from the man who you kneel to. And he is a good father. His heart is bent toward you. I know I try to be a good father, but the Bible says if I'm evil and I know how to give good gifts to my children, how much more your heavenly father in heaven who is divine and happy and loving way more than we are. How would he withhold any good thing from his own children? 
You got to see the word parent, uh, parenting. And you got to also know that the whole family of God is related to him. And you are related to him up in the heavens and in the earth. We're not isolated or by ourselves somewhere. Even though we may be in a pandemic and in quarantine to some degree. Don't stop believing in your parent. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner man. Please write down the word power. Verse 14 is about prayer. Verse 15 is about parenting. Know who, your, uh, who is the, uh, uh, the author and the finisher. Your father is God, the father. And then you need to see in verse 16, he talks about power. I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with supernatural dunamis. And I decree and declare that power is being released in your life today to overcome your struggles. And power is being released right now to deal with what you can deal with. And power is being released for the church to become victorious even during times like these. Power is being released for us to overcome every obstacle to be the people that he's called us to be. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts richly through faith. Look at the scripture here. I want you to write down the word habitation. So verse 14 is prayer. Verse 15 is parenting. Verse 16 deals with power. And verse 17 deals with dwelling or habitation. That God is not interested in sending you a blessing and the blessing flies away in the morning just like a bird. But God wants you to know this blessing is going to stay a while. Hallelujah. This blessing comes with some spiritual glue. It's going to cling to you. It's going to cling to your finances. It's going to cling to your mind. It's going to cling to your family. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I pray look at this and I pray here's that prayer thing again you got to pray just to make it today we ought to pray you got to pray come on MC Hammer you got to pray just to make it today and I pray that you being rooted and established in love write it down you got to be planted you'll never see a tree uh uh, flourish uh, that brings forth fruit in its season and its leaves will not wither and whatever it does will prosper if it's not planted and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season if you want to bring forth the fruit yes there needs to be a habitation with God and there need to be some power released and you need to know who your parent is and you got to have a decent prayer life and increase that every week but you also need your roots planted in the soil of his word and you need strong relationships with roots not shallow relationships but strong deep vibrant and fresh relationships that are being renewed often they go through a a pruning, but they are renewed. Right now, I'm taking care of some plants in the front yard and uh, just doing that. I really haven't been a plant man for many years, but I thank God for giving me an opportunity to work with some shrubs. And I'm noticing that the ones that I put water on, they're saying, I promise you, I can hear them screaming, Thank you. Thank you so much. How many of you know plants are alive? Can I get an amen? amen? If you didn't know, you need to know. If you don't water it, it will die. Flowers are alive. And I believe heaven and nature sings. We don't hear the vibration, but believe me, when you put water on a plant, it's saying, thank you, Jesus. The Bible says even the elements give him glory. Even the trees clap their hands. And I believe plants are singing praise to his name. Thank you. And they blossom even the more. And I've noticed some things about that. 
I had to transport one plant from one area to another. Actually, just moved it over. But because we shocked it and moved it over, it became brittle. It lost a lot of leaves. And as we began to pluck off those dead leaves, we noticed, because we kept watering it, giving it some attention in the morning and in the evening, in about two weeks, we noticed some new buds. Glory to God. And when you're planted, you will produce more. When you plant it, you will bounce back. When you're planted, you will move forward. When you're planted and your roots go deeper in the earth, you don't have to worry about it. Give it a little time and the foliage will come back. The last storm tried to hinder you, tried to kill you, but the devil missed his mark, glory to God, and you made it to the day. And God let me know, and he's telling you through me that the blessing is here, and the curse in your life is broken. Glory to God. May his power, look at verse 18, may have, may have power. I got to read verse 17 again. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's habitation. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, planted, verse 18, may have power together with all saints to grasp how wide, and how long this love that surpasses knowledge, here's revelation, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, which is lifted up. He's filling you up and you're going to grow up. Now, I want to go back to verse 18 because I got to give you a backdrop here. We talked about prayer, parenting. We talked about power, habitation. Look close now. At verse 18, may have power together with all the saints. God never wanted one or two people in the local church to prosper. He wants the entire church to have foliage. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Write it down. Divine perception is a part of the blessing and comprehension. So God wants you to know some things. He wants you to grasp how wide, how long, these are dimensional words here, how long his love that surpasses knowledge. God's also going to release divine perception and divine comprehension. There are people who are still on the level uh, matrix. In other words, they're always talking about going to the next level when God is trying to get us to the next dimension. And within each dimensions, there, dimension, there are, are levels. But the thing about dimensions is you can't go to the next one unless someone from that dimension beckons you up. And that's why so many of us have desire, but we've, been, we've never been able to enter into the next dimension of God's vast love. The love that passeth understanding to comprehend with all saints the depth, the width, the length, and the height. The depth, the width, the length, and the height. These are dimensional words here. And you need to understand to get into the depth, the width, the length, and the height of God. You need someone from that dimension to beckon you. And here is the word of the Lord. The curse is broken. The spirit of God beckons us to another level of blessing. Glory, hallelujah. And I want to be the one to bring you some good news. The blessing is here. And the curse is broken verse 19 and to know the love that surpasses knowledge god wants you to be uh, uh familiar with the love that passes knowledge write it down that's revelation that's revelation many of us have experienced a lot of inspiration in church but revelation changes you you can have church all day. We're having church we're having good church now we're having good church now but only revelation changes you and God let me know the blessing is full of revelation that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ write it down he's going to fill you up and grow you up fully he's going to fill you up and grow you up fully he's going to fill you up to the top then we go into verse 20, now to him who is able to immeasurably, to do immeasurably more than you could imagine. 
Write down the word magnitude. What God is trying to do is bigger than what you could think or imagine. It is huge. It's hulking. It's colossal. It's bigger. It's broader than what you could imagine or think or come up in your mind, come up with in your mind. And a lot of times God shocks us with these kind of words and these kinds of scriptures. He's, put, he's releasing that today because what he wants to do is bigger and he wants you to be so uh, moved by what he's doing in your future that you're not looking over your shoulder at your past. The reason why we're constantly snapping our neck looking at our past is because we have no bright future in front of us. But when your future is fresh, vibrant and dynamic, you won't have a tendency to look back. This is what God, the angel of the Lord, told Lot and his wife. I need you to get out of this city and I need you to go into the mountain and don't look back. Lot said, well, there's a little small city right there. Why can't we run to this? No, you need to follow the instruction because what you want to do is go to something that's familiar where you can be champion. But I got something greater for you. I need you to push and don't you look back. I need you to get up into the mountains, glory to God, because I got something I'm trying to send to you. The Bible said he still lingered. The angel of the Lord grabbed him by the hand and began to hurry and pull him out. We can't bring destruction to this city until you are in a safe place. I need you to run. I need you to run, Forrest, run. I need you to run, Gail, run. I need you to run, Billy, run. You're too cool with this. You're too laid back. You're cool like that. You're cool like that. You're smooth like that. You do it like that. You're familiar with it like that. But I need you to flee into the mountain. And don't you look back. Glory to God. But his wife could not stand it. She lost some friends back there. She had a good time back there. There were some flowers that she wasn't able to take out. Some fragrance and some oil that she wasn't able to carry with her. And she turned around and looked back. And the Bible says the movement became a monument. She was stuck, glory to God, because she looked back. Jesus never ever mentioned the homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah, though God doesn't like that. He never mentioned it at all. He said, remember Lot's wife. Out of all of the teaching, everybody likes to preach about Sodom and Gomorrah, about San Francisco, or about Atlanta, Georgia. But you need to get this out of the lesson. Don't look back. When God starts moving with you, you got to learn how to move with God. Hallelujah. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's what? Able. Glory to God. That's one thing the pandemic has done with preachers. We can't depend on amens because even now y'all act like somebody's going to snap at you if you say amen. But that's all right. I got an amen on the inside. Can the church say amen? <laughs> It does feel good when you say amen to the preacher. So what is covenant? If you're taking notes, please, and I'm a teacher, you need to write this down. The conditional promises, this is covenant. The conditional promises made to humanity by God. Covenant is a conditional promise that he made to us by God as revealed in the scriptures. It's a promise that he made to us and it's revealed in the scriptures it is also considered to be an agreement between God and humanity between God and the ancient Israelites he chose a nation uh, to use uh, pulled them out chose them out of all the nations of the world to work through it doesn't mean that they are, are better than anyone else it's just his choice he's sovereign Jesus opened it up to where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that's why we cling to Christ because it's not just about the blessing that's on the nation of Israel. And believe me, they are blessed. But we are blessed. The church is blessed. God loved the world that he gave his only son, not just for a nation, but for all of the nations of the world. And so the covenant is the uh, 
conditional promises of God revealed in scriptures. And God uh, has worked through an ancient society called Is the Israelites in which he promised to protect them, to cover them, to keep them as they keep his law and were faithful to him, he promises to keep them. That's why I said it was a conditional promise. You keep my law, I'll keep you. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life and you will live. So these are conditional promises that he made. The covenant uh, now is made to all of us, all humanity in Christ Jesus. Every single one of us should give God the praise because you're not excluded. Because of his ultimate sacrifice on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, we have eternal life in him. And you need to know that. A lot of believers don't understand why we go to church. We go to church because we're connected with Jesus and he broke some curses in your life. Glory to God. Thank you, God. And eternal life comes through him to those who confess and believe in him. So that's the covenant. The blessing is described as this. God's acts of kindness. God's acts of kindness toward humanity. His acts of kindness toward humanity. Glory to God. Please write it down. His acts of kindness, first of all, he blessed men. This is not because men deserve it. The covenant is conditional. The blessing comes to even those who, in our eyes, don't deserve it. Thank you, Lord. Jesus made you deserve it through his blood. He made it possible for you to receive this blessing. So he blesses men. Number two, when men are blessed, they should bless God. But a lot of times we have to be taught to bless the Lord. God blesses us. It doesn't always come natural for us to turn around and bless him. We have to be taught to refer back to God. And this is why with young kids, it is dangerous to let girls receive money from every man in their lives. Oh, I just want to give her some money. I just want to give... Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You never, ever give my daughter any money, not even my sons, without going through me while they're growing up. Let me tell you something about that. People don't understand that. That's why grandmama's got to learn how to do it. Grandfather's got to learn how to work with it. Uh, uncles and all of that. Work through the parent. Work through the parent. Work through the parent. Work through the parents. Do a rap song. Work through the parent. Work through the parent. Work through the parent. Stop working around parents. Stop working around marriages. Stop working around people who are in covenant together. You start blessing kids and everybody bless them, they will have no allegiance to one. They say all of us should just get along. Mom, why are you so hard on them? Wait a minute. Your allegiance is to the one that you bear, you bear their name. Before you start blessing everybody, you got to learn how to bear, bless the one who, whose blood is running in your vein. And you need to have a loyalty to that. And this is what happens a lot of times. The enemy throws blessings, looks like blessings, a lot of counterfeit blessings. And we don't even know who to praise. Do the wrong thing, we're blessed. You know, I know I hadn't been doing right, but God still blessed me. Yeah, yeah. Enemy kind of manipulates that, let you get some stuff. But you need to understand uh, when God blesses men, men should give him the glory. But a lot of times, because our allegiances have been altered, we don't always bless his name. The third dimension is, not only does God bless men, and then men bless God, but men should bless each other. We should speak kindly and send out blessings to the people that are around us. Write it down, the blessing is always greater than the curse. I hear a lot of times, and they made me mad, I almost cursed them out. 
A lot of believers, it ain't no almost with them, man. Believers got some bad language, some bucket mouths up in here, man. Just get them mad. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what's in your heart in abundance will come out of your mouth. And if you're angry in abundance, guess what's going to come out? And if there's profanity in your heart in abundance, guess what's going to come out? And if there's a wrath in your heart in abundance, guess what's going to come out? You have to really, really deaden that flesh on a daily basis. And so it's important now for you to make sure you pack in the love of God in abundance. And get in an atmosphere where God is feeding that in abundance. So that when you're pressed, you don't curse. The blessing is always greater than the curse. Actually, the blessing is so big and so great, it eats up curses. It overtakes the curse. But we are prone to curse before we bless. We're, pr we're prone to respond. Oh, I'm going to get them straight and start. Like that is the remedy, but it's not the remedy. The blessing is the remedy. It's when you step in a room, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God is going to grow you up to be what he's called you to be. I see faith growing alive in you. I see power rising up in you. Your prayer life is going to another level. He's going to grant you with favor and understanding. This is before anybody did anything. And here comes all of that negative stuff being eaten up by the blessing. But instead of us doing that, we become passive as it relates to the blessing and very aggressive as it relates to the cursing. But the curse is broken. Even your profanity, your propensity to cuss is broken today. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to some long, some, some, some long. I've been running for Jesus a long time and I'm not tired yet. Kind of believers that have that tendency when you get upset, you lose it all. But God told me to tell you your profanity is broken and uh, your anger, your anger streak is broken. And your, your, your mindset that you had yesterday is broken in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You have the ability to soar. You have the ability to rise up. Here's another level of blessings. We're supposed to bless provision. Anytime God sets daily bread before you, spiritually and physically, you're supposed to thank him for it. You're supposed to offer up thanks before you shed or you begin to eat. And that tendency is so powerful. Young people need to learn that from their parents because you're thanking God for your provision. You're not just blessing it so you can eat it. You got to really think about it. And this is the way you should think about the blessing. When you're blessing your food, ask God to remember some child that can't eat right now. Somewhere in the world that didn't get a meal. Because they're there by the millions. They didn't eat all yesterday and they haven't eaten this morning and the pain is there. When you start thanking God and asking him to remember those that don't have, it'll shift your mentality. When you start blessing God and thanking him for the provision you have and remembering those who don't have that provision right now in the earth realm, it would help you with your gratitude and your thankful heart. In Old Testament times, God provided the tabernacle for his children. He blessed them with a tabernacle, a covenant place of activity. The 12 tribes situated themselves around the tabernacle as they traveled with Moses. The tabernacle was the central place for their deliverance and for the covenant instruction. The blessing was tied to the tabernacle. You will see none of the Israelites being blessed and they're not dealing with that tabernacle well. <laughs> They're in the wilderness, and I'm glad God took them through their wilderness wanderings before he brought them into the promised land. Because the Bible says all scripture is written by God and is profitable for doctrine, for instruction. We're supposed to look at that and see, wow, there was no blessing. There was no screen TVs. There was no party life. There was nothing that of those kinds of things that occurred for them outside of the realm of the tabernacle. 
I want you to associate. All of your celebrations will be tied to it. All of your rituals will be tied to it. My law is tied to it. The way you deal with each other is tied to it. My instruction is coming out of it. Your worship is tied to it. Good God from Zion. Glory to God. After they traveled through the wilderness wanderings and they got to the promised land, he then said everybody must tie to the temple. Good God from Zion. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for David because when he came up, hallelujah, he had a heart to build God a temple. And the scripture says when he took the Ark of the Covenant from the tabernacle to Zion, the scripture says the cloud that was over the tabernacle then began to sit and rest on Mount Zion. The Ark was tied to the glory of God. David said, God, I want to build you a house. God says, I can't let you do it. Your hands are bloody, but I'll pick one of your sons. Solomon will build me the temple, but I want you to make sure everything is in place. And when Solomon built the temple, all of Israel's activity centered around all of their festivals and feasts centered around the temple. We've lost something in the modern day church. Because our glory and our connectedness and all of that is not tied to the house. We found refuge in groups and we found refuge in other things, but it's not tied the way God wants it tied to the house of God. Ah, In the New Testament today, the center covenant activity is the local church. As it was for those in the wilderness And as it was for those who were in Solomon's day and beyond, now it is the local church. Well, the local church is flawed. I know it is. It's still God's center, his epic center for releasing covenant blessings. Good God from Zion. And we must connect with the house of God. Oh, I'm blessed anyway. Well, you think. I mean, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? You see blessings in a whole different dimension. Only financial. Right now in America, well, the stock market is up. We must be blessed. Really? Walk the streets. Listen to the voices of the people. Listen to the mindsets of people. They're not connected with family. They're not connected with society. Everybody's going in their own way. And you're talking about we're blessed. The stock market is not an indicator that we're blessed as a nation. There's something greater than financial power. We must have moral power, spiritual power, character power. Glory to God. God calls people that don't have a lot of money blessed. Jacob never had a lot. Not compared to Joseph. But when it came down to blessing Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph did not have the ability to bless those boys. So he brought them to his father. And when Jacob looked at the boys, he crossed over. He put his right hand on the younger one and his left hand on the older one. And Joseph said, no, sir, don't do that. The elder should have the blessing. Jacob said, let me be the prophet. You may be the prince of Egypt, but I see something coming. Good God, hallelujah. And as Ephraim, as Reuben and Simeon are mine, So are Ephraim and Manasseh. I'm adopting them. They will have a part in the 12 tribes of Israel, representing Gentile nations that would be included. Because they weren't born in the tabernacle. They were born in Egypt. They had paint on them. They were belly dancing. They were flowing with it. And God still pulled them in. This is what's messing up the modern day church when people come in with their tattoos. We don't know how to deal with it. And that's why they feel like they need to push out. But God said the curse of the vision is broken. Glory to God. All can come into the house of the Lord. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. The church is the epic center of God using the covenant to manage his kingdom. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, I love this. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. 
Look at the word, which is the church of the living God. What is the church? It is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Which simply means you cannot have truth and say the church age is over. Because the pillar that holds up the truth and the foundation of the truth revealed is the Ecclesia. A group of people that God pulled out of the world and made them distinct and he gave them structure and he gave them the, the, the ability to submit to authority and to function within the framework of the church environment as citizens of the kingdom. The church is the pillar of the truth. The local church holds God's word. I thought you were talking about the curse is broken. You can't see it. <laughs> you just want me to break curses in Jesus name. You need to know that when you're tied to God's system, the devil can't pump stuff into your life. Good God from Zion. The local church holds, hold, hold God's word and his people are fed. By the word of God within the church of Jesus Christ. So you got to understand something. Remember now, you cannot say you have truth and you bypass church. You just can't. Now I'm not talking about you got to come into a certain building. I'm talking about the ecclesia of God and the order and the structure of God. That doesn't change from one generation to the next. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And they're all the five-fold ministry or the fingers of God and his hands hold them together. You can't say I'm a prophet, but I don't deal with no pastors. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm a teacher, but I don't believe in apostles. No, you're part of the same hand and you got to work together. From the nourishment of the church, from the release of spiritual manna from the church, the people engaged in dynamic ministry. Remember, you got to look at Old Testament patterns, you begin to see how God functions. Nothing moved without associating with the tabernacle. Nothing moved after Solomon David's time without re relating to the temple, the temple work. And in the New Testament, you got to associate with the church. This is how we see truth from error. When I first came to this city, there was a lady who owned a hat shop around Hibiscus. And uh, my wife and I went there after church, maybe around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Actually, it was around 3.30 because we started our services at 1 p.m. versus 10 in the morning. So it was around 3.30. We went to this hat shop at the time. I like wearing hats. It's hot down here, but if I was a northern preacher, I would be a hat-wearing bishop. I love hats. I love, if you saw me with my trench coat, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> like a spiritual Michael Corleone. Like a spiritual godfather. Stop. Get your face together. Stop whimpering out. I'm going to give them an offer they can refuse. You never let your enemy know what you're thinking. When I went to this hat shop, this lady saw us in. I guess she figured we were church folk because we were dressed up. And the toggery of church is changing right now. You don't have to be all dressed up. COVID-19 showed us that. But we've been moving in that direction for a while now. I'm a suit-wearing, collar-wearing bishop. But the Lord let me know, come down. This is before COVID-19. You need to dress down. Yes, Lord. Thank God we were ahead of the curve. We get in there. She saw us all dressed up. People don't need to know that you're church folk because you wear big earrings and high heels and you wear suits and you go to restaurants. And you never tip. You never tell. Oh, you, oh my God! You got all these big, big car, big Cadillac, ready. Ch uh, uh, Jerry Curl wearing, uh, Stacy Adams walking in, uh, big, big Lincoln driving. Uh, people that don't want to tip the waitress. The waitress like, my God, two cent. 
And boy, they were talking about Jesus. Tips means to ensure proper service. Actually, you're supposed to tip them before they serve. You put a $20, hand, $20 in a waitress's hand, watch how she moves after that. To ensure the proper service. Anyway, this lady saw us all dressed up. And she said, uh, where are you all coming from? I said, well, we're new pastors in the area. <laughs> Whole attitude shifts. God has called me out of the church, she says. Out into the wilderness like John the Baptist. To speak against the house. I looked at that lady. You're dealing with the wrong one. You're dealing with the wrong one. You think because you're a little older than I am, got a little gray, that I won't get you straight. Let me tell you something, lady. Let me tell you something. Where is Jesus? Is he in the wilderness? Or is he in the midst of the seven golden lampstands? Where is he in Revelations? Where is he? Where is the blessing? John said, I looked and saw one. Standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, one likened unto the Son of Man, whose hair was white as wool, eyes as flames of fire, feet like he walked through a furnace, white garment dipped in blood, golden belt around his waist, and his, his voice sounded like Niagara, the sound of many waters. When I saw him, I failed. And he said, John, I want to show you something. I am the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I need you to write to the seven churches. And he's in the midst of the seven churches, which are the seven lampstands in the book of Revelations. If you ever want to find God, get back to his system. You may think you're dancing with God until he takes the scales off your eyes. And it may be a familiar spirit. Knows the church God jargon, but it ain't God. For Satan can transform himself as an angel of light. You'll, you'll knock out 75% of all curses in your life if you associate with God and his system the right way. Good God from Zion. Ah, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, but remember the Lord your God. This is Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability. The blessing comes from him, not from your job, not from your efforts. You got to get the mindset. He gives you the power, the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant. His covenant produces the power for you to prosper. Where's the blessing? It comes out of his covenant agreement with you. Where's the blessing? Don't just look for the bill to be paid. The blessing comes out of the covenant agreement. And if you got that agreement, he told me to tell you that the curse is broken. And the blessing is on his way supernaturally. You're going to start seeing God hook up stuff that you didn't know how he was going to hook it up. But he's going to do it in this season. For you to engage in dynamic ministry. Can the church say amen? Lord, hallelujah. God gives his people the power to increase financially and spiritually. To be blessed spiritually. God gives you the, uh, the, the, the ability to increase the power to increase financially. God does. Glory to God. Everything that God blessed me with, I give it back to him. I'm grateful. God isn't about prosperity, but he is, and, and, but he is against. God isn't against prosperity, but he is against Wasting it or letting it spoil or letting it rule over you. Your identity is tied to the prosperity and not to him, his system, 
his house and then ministry. Remember, the blessing comes because of the covenant relationship you have with him. God wants us to use what he's blessed us with for his glory. And if you tie to him psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, it won't be hard for you to be the one that God blesses men. You'll understand that. Then men, ble uh, then men bless God, and then men bless each other and the work of God. Question is, can God trust you with more? If he gave you more, what would you do tomorrow? Would you honor him if he blessed you with more? Your answer should be yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust, I will answer and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I agree. And my answer will be what? Yes, Lord. Nehemiah 13 and verse 2. I love this. This is a powerful passage. You need to write it down. Because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse down on them. Look what God does. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. Whatever God blesses, no man can curse. These people even hired a prophet to curse Israel, but God turned the curse into a blessing. And the next time somebody points at you and curses your move and talk about you, tell you you're out of step, if God blesses you, no man can curse you. And you ought to tell the devil that I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed in the city. Yes, I'm blessed in the field, but I'm blessed. I have a covenant relationship with the Lord. You can't curse me. This is not a curse. Curses are broken. I'm just going through a trial. I'm just going through a season of turmoil. But God is going to bring me out because if God blesses me, no man can curse me. As I close, I got seven things that God told me to tell and to pronounce as it relates to the curses broken. Number one, the curse of interruption and interference is broken. I said the curse of interruption and interference. You don't have a good signal. It's hard for you to discern. It's hard for you to pick up God's signal in your life. And every time you start seeing and moving in the direction that God wants you, there's an interruption that occurs. Something happens. Something's going on. Something's bringing confusion. God told me to tell you that curse of interruption and interference is broken. Give him praise right there. And those of you that are watching on the internet, you need to say it. The curse of interruption and interference is broken. Number two, the curse in your bloodline is broken. I pronounce that all generational curses, your children will not sink. They will not die. They will overcome because we break the curse in Jesus' name in the bloodline. There is no generational curse in your family. Pronounce the blessing of God. I wish somebody catch this right now. Remember, the blessing is greater than the curse. You ought to start speaking the blessing of God in your bloodline. Everybody that got A blood, everybody that's got B blood, everybody, glory to God, that got O blood. In my family, hallelujah, the curse is broken in their lives. Who, Jesus. And even if they made a mistake and God has to chasten them, he will bring them through. Ah, thank you, Lord. Number three, the curse over your abundance and your blessing is broken. 
the day of lack and barely making it is over in Jesus' name. Jesus said it like this. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the thief. We glorify what the thief is doing. But today, let us focus on the next part of that. I am come. I am with you. I'm always by your side. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am come that they may have life and life more abundant. And if you're not experiencing the abundance, I'm telling you today the curse is broken. Some way, somehow, God is going to work it out and bring the blessing to your front door. Glory, hallelujah. Number four, the curse ah, of chronic fear and intimidation is broken. The fear of man is broken. Afraid of what they will say. Afraid of what people would do. And we don't want them to laugh at us. In Jesus' name, I break chronic fear. Phobias. Afraid to stay home at night. Every time the phone rings, think you're going to get a bad call. God didn't want you living like that any longer. Pronounce the blessing. You shall live and not die. Declare the works of the Lord. I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor a seed big bread I come against fear bad dreams in the name of the Lord that keep you awake at night insomnia because of the phobias there are people under the sound of my voice that feel like you have to pay from your hidden sins pay for abortions that took place way back yonder God told me to tell you those fears are broken it's covered under the blood in the name of Jesus. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm preaching to somebody. And you don't have to say amen loud. Whisper it. Amen. Talking to me, Bishop. Yeah. Number five. There's seven of them. The curse over repetitive stumbling. Making the same mistakes over and over. It's broken in Jesus' name. This time you're going to choose your mate wisely. This time you're going to watch how they eat before you go into covenant with them. Take them to dinner. If they take the chicken and break it with their hands, don't go into covenant with them. You can tell the way a woman or a man eats at a dinner table and tell whether you need to go in a covenant with them or not. The curse for making these repetitive stumblings is over. You don't have to move to a different city and start all over. You can start over right now. If you don't change this, regardless of the city you live in, you will attract the same demons. Your problem is a spiritual problem. First, before it becomes a physical problem. The curse of re over repetitive stumbling is over. It's broken. Number six, the curse, this is going to hurt, of rebellion is over. The spirit of Absalom has been broken in the house. People with offenses that migrate to top positions and they use the influence to turn away people from the church. That curse is, is broken. The curse of rebellion is broken. Thank you, Jesus. You need to break it over children too. Wayward ones, the ones that don't want to listen. It's rebellion. It's Absalom needs to be broken. A lot of times when parents lack discipline, Absalom will grow. When parents won't discipline, Absalom will grow. Sometimes you can't reason with Johnny. 
Where Johnny, you know, you know, let's think about it this way. You got to say, this is not the way we're going. We're going this way. And if you don't like it, here's a rod. You have to impose your will on kids at times and not try to reason it out. You've been listening to too many psychologists. You got black kids and you need to deal with them just like that. You can sit Hispanic kids, black kids, and white kids around each other, and you'll see an Hispanic kid will be a little different from a black kid or a white kid. Why are you trying to use the same recipe for all of them? This is America. The Jews don't hang out with you. They have their own society. So don't start playing with me, America. The Jews are in America and they don't have to live by our laws. And they raise their kids differently. And you don't see them in the penal system. Why? Why? Ask yourself why? You don't see them standing before judges. And many of their lawyers, the lawyers in America are Jewish. But you won't see their people, their ethnic group standing before judges. You're going to see a mother, father in the house. You're going to see rules and regulations and a study of what laws they have to comply to within the region that they live with. From that, they're able to judge what's the boundaries. Help me, Jesus. And you'll see a Jewish kid, a white kid, an Hispanic kid, an Asian kid, and they'll have different tendencies. But when I say something about black kids, you all want to act like somehow or another I miss myself. I know what I'm talking about. And sometimes because we came from Africa, we have thick skin and you have to deal with it when we're young. Be in be the plant while they're young because when they become older, they'll go tit for tat with you and make you feel like you're ignorant. But you got to bend them while they're young. That's how you deal with African-American kids. And no, you don't have to abuse them. You don't have to make them feel afraid. But when they do wrong, you got to show some discipline. Let Absalom grow up in your house. Number seven. The curse of sickness. Poverty. And disease. It's broken in Jesus' name. I want you to begin... To herald this week the name Jehovah Rapha. That God is a healer. Hallelujah. Not only that. He, he heals and cures my sickness. He's going to change my poverty. I'm moving from that category to the blessing category. The blessed category and disease. Sin, poverty and disease. Sickness, poverty and disease. But it's sin, poverty, and disease. Sin is broken in your life. It should not have any more dominion over you. You can say no to temptation. Can the church say amen? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this release, and I give you praise for the truth. And its pillars and foundations is the church the foundation of truth the pillar of truth is the church your system help us father to hang out with the pillar and the foundation of truth help us to lean on the pillar and stand on the foundation of truth which is the church and relate to it as Paul told Timothy to relate to it well father i thank you that these curses are broken in jesus name and i thank you that the blessing is overtaking your people give me strength to minister to the 11 o'clock crowd a message entitled the blessing is released and father i praise you for releasing that blessing upon the people of god everywhere Wherever you are in the, under the sound of my voice, it could be Washington State, it could be California, IA, it could be Texas, wherever it is, it could be South Florida. I want you to let me know where you're, where you're watching from. And I want you to know these curses are broken in your region, over your life and family. 
in the name of the Lord. And Jesus is with you. The one lacking unto the Son of Man is in the church. He's in your community. Because of his covenant blessing, you will not sink. You will not falter. You will stand. You will grow. You will connect. You will belong. You will grow and you will serve. And God will get the glory and the praise in your life. Father, thank you for touching lives in Jesus' name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.